Justin Odisho runs a YouTube channel specializing in the fields of photo and video editing. He teaches industry standard software such as Adobe Premiere Pro, After Effects, and Photoshop to millions of viewers around the world. Justin has also worked directly with companies such as Amazon, Adobe, GoPro, YouTube, Best Buy, and various influential individual creators. He has also spoken publicly and been featured on TEDx, TV, podcasts, classrooms, company conferences, and much more. This is Justin Odisho. Justin Odisho. Welcome to the Rare Human Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Hey, Evan. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. So uh, we've known each other for a couple of years, and um, you are indeed a rare human. You've done a lot in the creator space. You're a video editor, um, but you've also given back a lot to you know your own niche community, and and that's like video editors alike. I mean, I've benefited a lot from from your work and and your tutorials and your products and all that stuff. So um, I'm super stoked to have you on and, and chat about these um, things that you've been doing over the years. I mean, you've been at it for for a long time. How long have you had your YouTube channel? Yeah, uh, I've started this channel, which is just my name, Justin Odisho. It wasn't always my name, but I've had this since 2011, I believe, but I've been doing video stuff and posting online since like 2007 or something like that wow so you've been, been at a it long time. <laughs> you've been at it for a while i mean you were in early then in the earlier stages of youtube um one of the things i wanted to talk about um you know were those early stages like the early beginnings of justin od show um you know what led what led you to video editing what led you to youtube um and wanting to eventually give back to a community. I mean, you're almost at, what is it? A million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, um, I think I'm a little shy right now, but it'll be there soon. It's like 980. I love it. And, That's a huge, huge, huge accomplishment for YouTube. <laughs> and, and actually the funny part is, uh, I've actually already gotten 1 million subscribers, but the thing is like uh, for every 10 you gain, you lose like one or two. So if you go to your YouTube analytics, it'll say like subscribers gained and subscribers lost. Mm. So te technically I've already gained it, but then I've lost like a hundred thousand or something. <laughs> well, anyone that unsubscribed, go subscribe again because <laughs> <laughs> we need that million. Um, yeah, well, that's it's cool. It's like a milestone number, but really what's more important is just being able to, to reach viewers and get viewers. So, and I think that's something that shifted from early days of YouTube to now is now, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter how many subscribers you have necessarily as long as, I mean, because now everything's homepage recommended and search. And so you could start a brand new channel and as long as it gets sent to the right recommended pages, you know. Also, I really like the still human logo. I'm just looking around at the screen here. <laughs> That's a nice logo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of... um peeling back the layers of finding out what still human is like at the, at the core of it, at the heart of it, it's an educational platform. Um, meaning like, you know how like a lot of kids growing up, they're like, Oh, why didn't we learn that in school? Or why didn't they teach that in school? It's like, okay, well maybe you'll have still human, like a platform B um, you can go onto the website or have in, in, in person events um, that like on the still human website, there's a theater mode and I've curated like six different playlists ranging from, um, you know, historical research to scientific research, um, astronomy, biological stuff, like anything related to the human experience. Um, I want it to, uh, I, you know, I want people to go on there and, and 
educate themselves and have this platform to just like learn about what it means to live through the human experience. Cause I think that, um, sometimes it's easy to get detached from that and distracted and, you know, especially in the modern world with social media and, um, content and all these dopamine hits that we're constantly getting. It's like, I feel like humans constantly need that reminder that like, you know, this is your experience. We have a limited time here. Um, you never know when that time is going to be up. So you might as well use this time to live to your full potential. Um, and it's just kind of a play at the word too, like, or the, the name, uh, still human. Um, one of the first things I did, um, at camp Flogna when I shot photography back in 2017 was, um, all the other photographers backstage, um, were just doing regular portraits of the artists and I wanted to do something different. You know, I'm like, well, I'm back here. I'm not really supposed to be back here. I snuck in, uh, how can I use this time to do something different and creative, um, and that's when I came up with the the idea for um, the artists to look down at their hands and give me a facial expression. Um, and when I got the film back and got it developed, I, I went back to my computer and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is interesting. What should I name this? And I'm like, well, they're looking at their hands. They're still human. Like the idea was mm-hmm. like they're, they go beyond just the celebrity status, you know, um, people out there that are idolizing them or that when they see them, they freak out, whatever. It's like, no, at the end of the day, they have hands. They're still human. <laughs> they have feelings like us. They have thoughts just like us. They make mistakes just like us. Like they're not perfect. Um, it's kind of like that shock that you get when like somebody comes in the news, similar to Kanye, like all the controversy yeah. that's surrounded Kanye. Everyone was like, oh my God, how could he? He's this like genius. He created this. He did this. Like, no, he's still human. Humans are flawed. They make mistakes, some bigger than others. And so the kind of the concept was that, um, you know, we're all still human. Let's learn together. Let's grow together. Um, and let's better the human ex- experience for ourselves. So that's kind of the explanation <laughs> of still human. Yeah, no, I'm with you definitely on the like changing education. I also just want to use my channel in any way possible to to overthrow the traditional education system. <laughs> Totally, totally. And one of the things too, is whenever I, you know, needed assistance on an edit, or I I needed to learn how to do some trick or something that I always knew Justin Odisho probably knows how to do this. So I'd go on and you would always be the first person that showed up on the YouTube search. And I'd always watch your videos um, early on in, in my editing career. And one of the things that I always noticed is like every video that you posted, there'd be two or three top comments with like a bunch of upvotes of people saying, you know, Justin, like if it wasn't for you, like I, like I, I'm an editor now, I I am getting paid, like I'm doing all these things, like, thank you, Justin. And that's the great thing about giving back to your community and, and educating people. Um, like you have the knowledge, you have that power, like you have the ability to do those things that others aren't really known to yet. And so by you openly, freely giving that to back to the people, um, you're just building upon, you know, that knowledge, like you're giving it back. You're not hoarding it. You're not saying like, this is mine. Yeah. Like I'm the best editor. Only I can do this. Like for you to give back and and help people guide them through that experience of, of becoming a, a video editor and, and a creator in general. Um, 
that's the impact that can that it can have. So like I said, whenever I'd go onto your videos to to learn something new, I'd always see those top comments be people thanking you um, for for taking the time and energy to to give back. So that's the great thing about education um, and being a teacher too. Um, is that simple fact that like you're going to be inspiring people um, daily and and that's the beauty in it. So, yeah. And really it's not even such a selfless thing. It just happens to work that when you, when you help others, it somehow comes back around and helps yourself. So I couldn't think of any other better way to really, I don't know how else such a sort of business or lifestyle would be sustainable if it weren't for just like help as, as many people as you possibly can and then maybe you'll be able to make something out of it uh, because i'm not like the greatest editor there ever was in crazy vfx or something to to be making it that way so um but i am very helpful so i guess i've uh, people are like hey you, you can stick around <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we love the we love the content uh, well, I mean, like we talked about a couple of minutes ago, you amassed a, a large following. And and before all that, I want to back up to your early days growing up, your childhood. Like what led you, like, have you read the book Mastery by Robert Greene? Is that the small one? It's like a small square. No. Two ma oh, mass. No, no, not the one, the guy that wrote the 48 Laws of Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one. Is that the guy that wrote that? Yep. No, no, I've read the other mastery. There's like another one. It's older. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, I think it's called Mastery, and it's like seven steps to mastering anything. And oh, he like cool. compared he compares it to I got it. I got some it sort of Taekwondo or something. I don't, I read it a long time ago. I read that one. I haven't read the Robert the Robert Green books for me. Are, they're so big. They're like they are, but they are big. <laughs> he always just is like here's fifty examples of mastery and fifty anecdotes but what 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 about it <laughs> so the reason i bring that book up is the first few chapters he talks about um all these iconic people like the tom like the edisons and the um uh who's the guy that founded the theory of evolution um darwin darwin Wait, yes thank you uh darwin so he um the reason i bring this up is because he talks about the early childhood upbringing of these people and what led them to finding their truth and and their you know like revolutionizing the world um and it always started or stemmed from like this one moment that inspired them in some field or another for example darwin was you know i'd have to go fact check myself but i'll just say what i think because i have it's been a while since i read the book but he he like his dad made him take a job on like a boat when he was like a teenager to like make money. And it was like a fishing boat. And the fishing boat went out for, you know, weeks or months at a time. And during his free time, you know, back when they didn't have TikTok and all those distractions and such, <laughs> he um, would rest his head on the end of the boat and look out and see all the marine life and see all the different microbes and fishes and dolphins, whatever. And he would just study them and he'd become fascinated with them and eventually obsessed with them. And that that's what led him to, when he'd come off the boat, um, study, you know, marine biology and all these different things and, and just biology in general. Um, and that's what led him to going to the islands and discovering, you know, what would eventually lead him to the theory of evolution. 
So, you know, like for me, for example, what led me into filmmaking, um, you know, I used to, when I was, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I had a neighbor of mine who he, his, his mom had this like Canon camera that was really old school, like the really thin camera that you'd turn on and like the lens would pop out mm-hmm. shot in like 480p. <laughs> um, and we would make these like zombie horror films, like really cheesy, like films. And it was just like, it was fun because we were writing these corny, cheesy stories and putting them into like Windows Movie Maker and editing these cheesy horror zombie films. And it kind of like inspired what eventually led me to go down the path of like, you know, wanting to go to film school, video editing, then that my love and passion for music led me to working in the music space. Um, so like what what was your you know, early Justin OD show moment. Like, do you have anything specifically that you're like, wow, that's what led me to eventually become a video editor? Yeah, actually, the way that I take your, the way that I think about what you just said is, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's like we're all born, we're thrown into a certain like context of life. So whether that's like the time that you're born, the family you're born into, uh, you know, like you said, what technology is around when you're born and also just like where you're born, whether you're born somewhere where you can play around with cameras or maybe you're born like on some island or maybe you're born somewhere else. So I think largely that is going to influence what you end up doing as well as maybe a mix of of your natural uh, inclinations. But for me, I happen to be born, you know, in the 90s when the internet and all this stuff is, is coming up um and and video games and all this stuff and and online websites and forums are just beginning to be a thing so i was always uh exposed to computers and my brother actually uh had gotten i think it was after effects or photoshop and when we were playing all these games because whatever we were like young kids and we we love xbox games and and stuff uh and around the websites and communities and forums of these games like people also like to make little graphics and like something about that intrigued me like making some cool animated fireball in after effects or something and from there i learned photoshop and after effects and i actually learned sony vegas and i just sort of I liked video editing in that sense, but I've always been drawn to, I don't know if you could say mathematical things. I don't know if, I guess video editing is very mathematical, but yeah, I've always liked like keyboard or guitar or like things to have to do with organizing in some way. So I just happen to be near computers, I think. And yeah, that's, that was like the spark. So it wasn't like one day or one specific moment, but. More yeah, like I think, time yeah, and place. Yeah, I think it's cool to be able to say that we kind of grew up when computers became commercialized because it was just like this new world that we were all collectively discovering. Um, and I think I have a pretty distant memory of when I was actually like in like first grade when they had like computer lab and you'd go to computer lab like once a week or whatever it was. And back, especially in the the, you know, schools where 
software was very limited, you know, they were restricted too. So you couldn't go on like Google or Reddit or download some like, you know, link to download a software. It was just what was presented to you. And it was like this new world to discover. Um, and so every time going into computer lab, there was like three programs. There was like a drawing program. And then there was like GarageBand and iMovie. It was like a very distant, like back when that was just like very fresh and raw. And it was just cool to be able to digitally manipulate sound and video. And, you know, they had those, uh, remember those like old snowball microphones? Uh, I forget that's, I don't know if they were called that. Let me see. Kind of. Snowball. But you're bringing back more, mem more. If oh, I could say there. The I blue, found it. The, <laughs> blue if <I> could, snowball. <laughs> yeah. If, if I could add one moment in specific when I like saw some cool video editing thing. I think I was in. We must have been in like fourth grade or something, and we had a class project to make some slideshow, and it was done in one of these programs. I don't know. They didn't have Excel. Oh, what did they have back then? I don't know. Some PowerPoint type of program. And uh, I remember one of the one of my classmates' presentations. Their group had done a PowerPoint where they had animated uh, like the game Duck Hunt, like when a bird flies and then falls. Mm. And but the because the program was sort of so primitive, they did it in an interesting way where they did two separate animations, but it just so happened to seem like they were interacting with each other, and I, oh, I that, like, that. that like blew my fourth grade mind for some reason. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, see, there that's the the beauty in, in education is, um, and it even goes back to the idea of like still human and like what we were discussing earlier about education is like everything starts with like curiosity, like humans are naturally curious. Like if it wasn't for that curiosity, we wouldn't be throwing ships up into the air and spaceships and flying, like building the international space station and fusing neurons together. Like all this crazy stuff is like stems from the natural innate ability in humans to like be curious and like, can we achieve this? Can we go further? And I think that as young kids, um, that's, like your imagination is like running crazy. Um, you know, we believe in Santa Claus. We are animal, our pet stuffed animals are come alive at night. And um, we're having imaginary tea parties and all these things. Like kids are so pure in the sense that like the world is our oyster. And I think in education, um, having those computer labs and like you were discussing having access to those programs, it's just like, it allows the the young brain to chase that curiosity and which even will lead to, you know, when we become adults or whatever, like that's usually where our path leads from when we were inspired early on as kids. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I, I, I'm curious as to like if those kids today in school are getting those same experiences. Um I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I have cousins that have kids in school. Maybe I can ask them, but. See, I, I this is a whole different topic. Look, to me, um, okay, kids are actually really smart and capable. And I've learned this because <laughs> I've been like really into chess lately. And so I go to these chess clubs and there's, there's like tons of kids there. And, you know, when's the last time I've interacted with like an eight-year-old? It's been a long time aside from like family and cousins. So I don't really like, remember i can't i haven't really like gauged where's your average nine-year-old now but um some of sounds like a kids, show idea <laughs> where's your average nine-year-old 
on today's episode. (laughs) Some of these kids are actually super smart and they're super good at this like logical mathematical game. And so maybe like they're still little kids and they're still running around and stuff. But as someone who knows what's going on in their head, then I think, oh, that like if they're playing at this level, that means that in their head, they're doing this and X, Y, Z logical step and they're doing this mathematical thing. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really impressive for like someone at nine. And so bringing that into the the education system, I don't necessarily have a problem so much with like younger education because they get to you know interact with each other and whatnot it's there's probably still a lot of problems with it but i think more so is like with all the resources that we have now um the idea of like even once you get to 18 and and older and going to college like university and college and spending so much money and four years five years six years more like what are you really getting anymore at that point especially when you have everything at your fingertips and your phone or whatever and people really underestimate this or make it seem like like a meme or something but like you you really it's i mean the internet is so new youtube has only been since like 2006 i mean things have changed but yet the university system hasn't really changed and i don't know i do think that there's a there's room there definitely i mean you you just have to take into consideration that things have changed and people just don't seem to want to admit that or they just still want to see it as like it's just it's just the internet it's just the internet we still have to go sit in what do you mean you don't have a degree you still have to go get your degree when in reality like a 14 year old kid could this is such a cliche mean but a 14 year old kid could learn how to code just as well as anyone working at Google or something, you know, why waste 10 years of their life? Absolutely. And I'm not taking away from anyone that works at Google, but there's a lot of memes right now going around where it's like the day in the life of like working at Google and they like work for like 30 minutes and then the rest is like bull- <laughs> yeah. bullshitting around. So yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the, there is no strict formula. I think like, like defying the status quo can almost be like, make you seem like rebellious. You're like, what? You're going to risk not spending a hundred thousand dollars for over four years to get a degree or whatever. And that's totally fine. I mean, if you, if you want to take that route, more power to you. Um, but to go to your point, like, you know, I went to film school for a year and did not enjoy it. I didn't think I was getting any value from it. And a friend of mine moved to, and I moved to LA and ended up getting jobs in the esports industry and everything went perfectly fine. You know, it's like, there is no strict, you know, obviously granted, like, if you're going to become a doctor, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want you operating on me. If you, I you learned know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hope this goes well. I uh, watched a lot of YouTube last night about, uh, you know, so totally that's a little <laughs> freaky. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think that there needs some reform in that area. And and if you can, like there are code camps, um, there's different platforms and, and ways of educate, becoming educated in certain areas and youtube is amazing i i owe like i always say like i owe all my education to youtube i all i owe all my networking and relationships to instagram dms (laughs) like the internet is such a powerful tool and it's only going to become more powerful and you just have to find ways to leverage it and benefit from it um so that you can you know plant the seeds that you need to plant and 
take from it what you want to take. And I, I'll just also say, and and just books, like yes, what what magical knowledge are you really getting from going onto a campus and being in a classroom and having a teacher? I mean, okay, I'm not going to take away a teacher's value, but there's no magical osmosis that happens. Usually, they're assigning you a book along with lectures or homework or whatever, or making you watch something online anyway. But in reality, whether you pay tuition and sit in a class and have peers and classmates, if I read, you know, let's just say Homer, some classic book, and you read Homer, we're both reading Homer. And whether you paid tuition or not, I don't see how you're magically going to learn more than if I just read it. And so, I mean, one thing that's great is is libraries or even like campus libraries. They have a lot of, they have everything in there, but it's like a lot of it probably collects dust. Um, yeah. So, but I, I don't see anything stopping anyone if they wanted to from just going to their library and educating themselves. You know, as long as that's where like, you know, the basic education when you're younger, you know, you know how to read, write these things. Why does it have to take, I mean, how long, like from the time you're in first grade to college, like, why does it have to take 20 years? Like, why can't you just do it all in five years? I don't know. Well, I think there's a, let's see, um, let me look it up to make sure the, even like the founding fathers of our country, <laughs> I think let's they, go deep. Yeah. Let's go deep. <laughs> uh how old were the founding fathers on my side okay so oh yeah they were young huh they were super young they were like 35 or younger uh 33 okay thomas jefferson was 33 um ages of the james madison was 25 yeah like 21 18 33 so you're exactly right i mean and at that time there was no system right there was no like these people were these guys were probably doing shit when they were like 12 or 13 and there was no like thomas jefferson is in school to learn how, you know it's like they it was very much so this like free flowing state of learning and you know obviously we didn't we weren't around so we don't know for sure but i think what like you said what limits so much um growth and acceleration of that growth like you said is like that having this like system that you have to abide by and and you know oh you're 13 you should be throwing football at the park and all it's like no if you want to like i i have a so my on my mom's side one of her sisters has a kid um autistic son and he this was like five years ago. I forget exactly how old he was. Very young. He was like probably 12 or 13. And he brought this like iPad to Christmas. And he's just like glued to the screen the whole time. And I go, so I finally go up to him. I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you working on? And like autistic kids are like extremely smart. Like their social skills are limited, but they're like, their brains are just like firing on all cylinders, like extremely smart. And I go up to him and I'm like, hey, what are you working on? And he's in Minecraft. And, you know, he's like super young, like, he, you know, he's, he's very young. I think I played Minecraft when I was like 16 or 15 or 16, but he was like 10, 11, whatever it was. And he immediately 
just like starts going off about all these intricate cities that he built in Minecraft and he built these boats and he built this house for himself. And he, and he, and I was like, dude, this is incredible. Like, this is insanely like it's, it's very detailed. Uh, he has a plan for it all, like a purpose for what he's building for what he's doing. And he's just like running me through this, like, insanely intricate city in minecraft and his mom was like oh yeah i know it's cute right but i'm like for me i'm like this is like like he's got to be an engineer or something like this is incredible and he was super young and it just goes to the point that you made where like there is no age restriction when you can like be a genius like or the formation of that genius mentality and that just like blew my mind like when i saw him doing that you know everyone else is like BSing around. It's like the typical Christmas, like, oh, what'd you bring? What are you eating? How you been? Yeah. <laughs> and here he is, like over in the corner, like building this like elaborate city in Minecraft. Like that to me was incredible. Um, and so yeah, I just feel like we need more of that, like that level. I don't know, just like allowing kids to um use their massive amount of imagination and creativity to to build these systems and stuff it was cool to see put the kids back in labor camps <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know like those pictures on twitter of like the three-year-old bricklayer <laughs> yeah yes you know they used to send kids to work at three <laughs> yeah you know and... now we baby them. <laughs> i know no, but, it, but i do your ass to work <laughs> no i do think we underestimate kids um or at least i used to I mean, they may not be there mature and socially wise, but they definitely can, they can work. <laughs> well, what scares they can, me They is, can do math. Totally. And what scares me is like, I don't mean to sound like a typical boomer, um, but like, you know, all these, like, you know, back then, like they, kids would like go into like extracurricular activities and form book clubs or form science clubs or whatever it is. Now it's all like content driven. And they're like, we want to be influencers. And here's, yeah. here's like a fighting video. Here's like a video of like Jimmy and George getting into a fist fight. Like, I, you know, obviously that's been around for, for years, yeah. even before content, but I just, I worry, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't worry. Um, I have hope, but whenever I see that stuff, I'm just like, fuck man. Like, Stay focused. Like, you know, kids would rather, you know, absorb watch this. TikTok. Yeah. Watch this like brutal, stupid TikTok content than like watch a SpaceX rocket booster land on a pad, you know? And I'm not trying to say like all kids should be forced to, to be curious about these things, but I just, I just wish there was some um, reverse manipulation to get kids inspired into like i always tell people uh you know how like there's all these conspiracy theories about like oh they're brainwashing people and this and mk ultra i'm like okay well if that stuff works why don't we take that <laughs> give it to people that can use it for good and instead of inspire people to do shitty things and horrible things how about we use those brainwashing tactics to get kids to be inspired and do good things like <laughs> I don't know. The shadowy figures don't want that. I know the lizard no. people. <laughs> no, but I, I think you're making a, a lot of good points. For for one, like uh, one thing is, like you said, it's something new. Like new technology can be useful. Like video games, a lot of times you can think of them as destructive, like just Grand Theft Auto, violence, whatever. But there can also be like educational aspects to things like Minecraft. Um, 
you know, I think like in some doses, it's, it can be a good supplement. And, uh, and I also think like, yeah, nowadays kids have probably a lot more distractions or vices like awaiting them because basically like you really have to fight for your attention now because I mean, even us, not just kids, but like to the ability to be able to pay attention in today's time is and just like how how rare is it to just sit and study something or even read a book for like one hour when most of the time you can just be like scrolling tiktok or like here's five seconds here five seconds here five seconds here listen to music most like consuming like 10 different forms of content at mm-hmm. the same time and i've done this too you know oh yeah we're like, all we all fall victim times, to it but but i think like if you are able to have some discipline and i see small bits of of this sort of counterculture of of like people anti-social media or like turning like i think there's still people that want to that that recognize this and i just think if you're able to avoid becoming like a tiktok zombie then then you could still you probably even have more of an even more of an advantage in today's time because everyone else is just going to be on tiktok that's honestly i'm so glad that you bring that point in there at the end about having more of an advantage because if you think about it um so many people are like oh my god there's all these creators and there's all these people everything is like even in music like everything is so um saturated and like how do i break or how do i do this and really like it's almost like the opposite it's like no you actually have an advantage if you understand it correctly because all these people are just either distracted or they're going off of trends or going off of that but like all the greats like all the previous great people like were not distracted like they were so in their own element and so yeah like they were not distracted so like to go off your point, like all you have to really do is like, don't fall victim to that distraction game or those quick dopamine hits, you know, like the casino of content, just stay true to you. Um, read books to become inspired and, and, and influenced by people that have come before you. And like, every time I open up like a coffee table read of like Virgil or even some like museum book or whatever, it's just like, you instantly get that, like almost that calm meditative state of like, Oh, like, oh man, this is nice. This is calm. This is peaceful. This is inspiring. This is beautiful. Versus like TikTok, where it's like me and me and this, me and that. Like, oh my God. Like it's almost like a nightmare. You're just like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, what the, like what is going on? Like, oh my God. Uh, it's like a battlefield of like attention spans. Yeah. Um, and that and I'm uh and here we are contributing to it. And I here I am posting shorts on my YouTube channel. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, I know. It's what do like, you do? You can't get, you can't escape it. <laughs> finding that mixture of like, I, I don't know. Cause yeah, like as a creator, you want to stay up to date with like how people are consuming content, but also you have to draw a line of like where you won't, like what you won't go past, you know, like, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. Um, but there was a there was a funny let me see if i can find it um it was like a tiktok first day first day back at school tiktok um 
I don't oh. want to waste too much time trying to find it. Well, but you they could always cut it. Yeah, I can always like, yeah, exactly. Let me see if I can find this. I don't probably there's probably way too many, but I saw it like when the kids were starting to go back to school, there was like this meme of um like your first day back in the hallways and it was just all these different memes that had like been famous throughout the year and all the kids are like dressing up as them and all this. And you know, that guy that's like a famous meme from that. Uh, he's like a superhero that like kills everyone with his eyes or whatever. What's that movie that just was like super popular. Um, but they memed his face a bunch and he was like looking around the hallways, like what the fuck? Like I'll find it to you and send it to you later, but it's hilarious. Cause it just like plays on like the current landscape of like all these meme trends and how everyone goes back to school and they're like doing pranks in the hallways on each other. And they're making viral meme TikToks And like, here, this guy is just like trying to go to class and he's looking around like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Or I saw a funny one of like, uh, the street interviewer people, they're like, how much do you make? <laughs> or like, yeah. and this guy was like, come with me. And they were like trying to get away from all these street interviewer. people. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a funny one. Totally. Um, which but, is interesting because it's like an extension, like even though TikTok amplifies it and content and views amplify it, it's still an extension of what has happened in the past because there's this book called Psychomagic. Um, let me see who, uh, it was Alejandro Jardinsky, I think is the guy that authored it. Um, and he grew up in France back in like the early 1900s and he did street performances. This is well before people were filming things for views. This was just for the sake of like trolling people. Like he was one of the original trolls. Like he would go to the town square with three of his buddies and like fuck with people. Like no cameras, no views, no anything. He, they were literally just doing it as almost like their own social experiments. And, you know, they would go out and like scream random things and like do all these things to get a reaction from like the town people and they would go home and journal it and be like oh my god this was hilarious like this was super it was almost <laughs> like a form of like theater in real life like instead of people paying for a ticket to go into a theater and getting a performance like you're like these poor people would just be walking to like a bakery or walking to work and here these guys are like screaming with with like paint on their face and like trolling people like they were the original trolls um and so, like, it's interesting because it's, you know, obviously now it's amplified because people want views and people want, um, it's like a popularity contest in a way. Um, but still at the core, it's like messing with people in real life. It's like a form of theater, um, which I personally, I enjoy. Sometimes it can be a bit much and be a little like dis disruptive <laughs> to the environments um, that they're in. But yeah, like people like going into a library and like doing the air horn <laughs> instead of like trying to hide it. Like I've been seeing this kid do it in the librarian. I'll like go up to him and she'll be like, what are you doing? And, she, and he'll be like, oh, I'm just blowing this air horn. Like he's not even yeah. trying to cover. It's just like, you know, it's. I think there's a fine line. Yeah. Between people who do it in an artful way or like people that are just like trying to catch a view and are just a nuisance to society exactly like you'll see comments of people saying oh that was hilarious versus other people are like dude this is not like you're being too much <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely people that are just like i will sacrifice these people for a view <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it only gets like 20 views yeah um but well, i think oh yeah, go for it no go for it no i was gonna say uh well you make a good point about how like 
in in some ways people have people have always and are always going to be well we're all still human and not even to make a joke but um it worked <laughs> my plan worked <laughs> at, at the end of the day i mean we're all going to have common traits and all you have to do is actually another another good point of like going back and reading some ancient greek play or comedy you realize people have always been jealous or angry or or like trolls or whatever like like fart humor was popular like 2000 years ago too so that's another thing about you know and 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 i wanted to bring up this point like going back to our education system i don't know how old our current education system is but another reason to question the normalcy of it is you know people like plato and all these ancient mathematicians uh, that all of everything is named after like even the word academy is like a greek word um you know they figured out algorithms and math and pythagorean theorem and they didn't go sit in a classroom you know that's another point that i always feel like you know they didn't go to third grade you know yes <laughs> somehow was, they yeah. somehow they figured out these theorems you know they were still learning so i just think we've we have this totally wrong idea of what un, what normal is when it comes to learning and education and i don't buy it totally and there's always theories too of like you can go far down the rabbit hole of call it a conspiracy theory or what but even like lobbyists for back in the day when they needed workers in factories like they would lobby for you know their curriculum to be taught in schools or get put placed in textbooks um so that you become these nice obedient workers that don't complain and you're doing your you work for from you know 18th to 65 and you retire with a nice pension and now once you're 65 now you can enjoy life and now you can go do your things and now so it's like it's interesting you know where it, it's similar i'm sure it's similar to the you know us financial system as a whole where it's just like there is no definite answer it's just this like complex matrix of hundreds of millions of different parts that are kind of playing their own roles probably similar to the education system where it's like you know you're it's limited to your um location geography where you live if, are there great educators are there programs or you know are you rich are you poor do you have access to this do you have access to that so like sure there's a lot of contributing factors but like you said like if there is a way to reform it as a whole and instead of putting all this pressure on kids to learn shit that they don't want to learn it's kind of like um astronomers back in the day like they didn't go to astronomy school like they just looked up like they looked mm -hmm. up at the sky and when there was no light pollution and they had this curiosity or this wonder driving through their brain and they're like shit i want to learn about how that planet right there rotates around this planet." you know it's like it, it was all birthed like you said around this just this curiosity and this wonder um and i think that if you restrict your brain and fall into this just like system you're never gonna branch out of that you know like were you ever inspired in fifth grade math to like accelerate mathematics or learn you were just trying to get through the day you're like shit man i want to go yeah. home and throw the football in the park with my boys or whatever like it, so and it's yeah like, why why did they have us on such a factory schedule you're right like i don't remember what time exactly school started but 
I just remember always having to wake up so early, like 7 a.m. or something. Maybe that's not early for a lot of people. I'm, I'm a night owl, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But I don't ever have to wake up at 6, 7 a.m. much in my real life, you know? I yeah. Take that with a grain of salt, anyone that's listening. I know. But, <laughs> but Justin Odisha wakes up at 1 p.m. every morning. But, I mean, first of all, I think I disagree with that, too. Like, that if you wake up earlier, you're somehow more... So you've somehow made the day have more hours you know yeah. but i mean there's a social aspect to it to where like if you're living your day from like five o'clock to five in the morning you're probably gonna there's not gonna be a normal social i mean i think you should wake up when the sun comes up and go to sleep when the sun goes down but uh yeah i don't know i've never had such a more rigorous waking up schedule than when i was a kid <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember like, I, yeah, I remember waking up just like eyes crusted shut and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I had to go take the bus and I got to go in the free. I mean, I grew up in, I know you, you grew up in a cold area too with, with Mm -hmm. extreme climate. So yeah. Waking up on those winter mornings where it's like five degrees and you're like, you know, shaking on your way to the bus stop. It's like brutal. And then you go learn and become indoctrinated for the next six hours (laughs) at school. It's, and then you eat slop (laughs) <laughs> it's, honestly i agree with it call me a conspiracy theorist <laughs> oh it's it's uh it's almost like like factories like you're at, in a way like you're just like i worked it so i worked at a um how do we could do this we talk about this for hours but even as far as going as like even like i was just talking with my girlfriend yesterday about uh so there's this app where you scan barcodes and it literally brings up the product and, and it rates it out of 100 Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Ritz crackers in the house and I scanned it and it was a zero out of 100, literally a zero, zero nutritional value. There's additives in it and it's a small wafer cracker, but it's got like a shit ton of calories. There's sugar in there, like all these harmful things. And, uh, you know, when I, I, when I was younger, I worked at this lumber yard and we'd have our little break room and it was tiny. And there was like this little tube TV and it was just, just like very depressing. It's just like, when you're not at work, you're still miserable. And you go in there and like the only snacks that are in there are Ritz and Cheez-Its and diet Pepsis and Mountain Dews. So like, not only are you like working for this company and ensuring that, you know, blah, blah, blah being paid minimum wage, but then you're going into the break room and and you're ingesting this like horrible food that's like has carcinogens in it and like red dye 40 that's known to cause okay. cancer. Uh, I don't mean to sound too off the rails, but what I'm trying to, the, the point is for 9.99, join our utopia. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> this is where we get into the, like the, we're like these cult leaders that are, <laughs> let us talk about Scientology now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That shit freaks me out. I literally, there's a Scientology building in LA and I refuse to drive by it because it literally gives me the creeps. Anyways, moving on. They're going to come after you. Oh, I know. Seriously. (laughs) This is censored now. I'm going to be, if I show up dead next Monday, Justin, just know who did it. Um, So. No, I I agree with you though. Like, yeah, it's like everything is designed and the food pyramid and all this stuff. Okay. And you want to talk about conspiracy theory? Like, wasn't that sponsored by like, like the milk industry no like the like corn agriculture some sort of agriculture department there's like oh yeah two servings of what we produce and and also how they say that like well there's like all those charts that are like ranking foods and like corn flakes or like a fruit loop cereal will be like higher than like (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. And meat was at the bottom. I saw that. It's like the most nutritious from zero to 100 and like fruit loops, 88. And then it'll be like something that, that people have been eating for like thousands of years. They'd be like eggs, 12. You know what's hilarious? And it's actually very, very all the scary. hate comments. <laughs> you know, it, it's insane. Like they're even saying that like if you eat meat, you're a whole horrible person and you're this and that. Like I'm all for people making their own choices for food. But me personally, if I don't eat meat for like a week or two, like my cognitive ability is decline. The older like, I get, the, I used to be scared of like pissing someone off in the comments and like I, like I would never even post a picture of like me eating on Instagram because I was like some <laughs> someone's gonna be offended by this. And I know there's actually there's like, you know, there's religions where they don't eat certain things, and that's that's I guess I understand that, you know. But um, yeah. You know I, what my I, approach is to that? If somebody is listening right now and they're feeling angry and bent up and offended, I love you keep being human. I love you. It's going to be okay. It's totally fine. You can have your own different beliefs. Like that's for me, like the having no fear to like have your own opinions and all that. Like obviously in a landscape like now where you can get canceled and obviously we're not out here saying like some Kanye level shit. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all very like, guys, this isn't rocket science. Like the, look at the uh, asbestos that was found in um, baby powder, right? You know, baby powder literally was like, between advertisements and all these things that was used for like years, years, years. And now fast forward, like my grandparents said that the freaking like trucks full of pesticides would come drive through the neighborhood once a year and the kids would run through it. Like it's a fucking sprinkler mm -hmm. and like round up. Yeah, that. exactly. Mm -hmm. Round up and in this, uh, the, the complete takeover of agriculture is like seeds where they were um, suing local farmers and kicking them out of their own land so that they could mass bioengineers grain and seeds and all this shit yeah. and corn and seed oils like obesity, for example. Um, uh, uh, island with... Don't get me started on this. I'm a, I'm a huge conspiracy. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> on this side. Okay, so oh, I love this because the last five episodes of this podcast have been more of like informative, informative, like talking with the guest, and we're going off the rails here. Justin, I, you might have to be like every other episode because I love this. So, the, one of the highest obesity rates in the world, in the world, is an actually an island called Nauru. Mm, um, it's in the it's uh, the Pacific Island. It's called I think it's. Nauru, Cook Islands. Um, where is, let's see, Nauru. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, it's America, right? No, it's this tiny little island. Um, let me open the map. I just, I like fact checking myself. Yeah. So I'm not well, like. I, I have a lot of thoughts too that I want to preface just in case anyone's listening and they're like, what a, what complete idiots, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, okay. On one hand, you have to be careful with statistics because, you know, anyone can manipulate any set of data and statistical study to say almost anything so i am aware of that absolutely Anyways, okay so and again we're not trying to offend anyone this is literally just like having a discussion um again so it's actually it's right it's um just east of papua new guinea it's like kind of in between papua new guinea and uh Han and ha uh, hawaii essentially so what happened and 
you know, you guys can go look this up, but it's really interesting. Like, this isn't like, oh my God, like, no, this is just, I'm interested in these things. It's a tiny island and they, their crops, their soil, everything. Um, I forgot what happened. What happened? We're going to do this fact check in real time. Um, declining phosphate prices, the high cost of maintenance. Uh, wait, no, no, let's see. Um, yeah, by the late 1990s, uh, the island was completely bankrupt. So they couldn't grow their own food. They were, you know, desperate to sell their own. Um, let's see. There, there was just like a lot of like they essentially became so poor that they couldn't feed their own people naturally on the island. They were very restricted, their soil and all that stuff. So what they did was they imported very, very, very extremely cheap, engineered, GMO, highly processed foods into their island so that they could feed their people, right? And all that, like, we're talking like bottom of the barrel. Like when you go into a Safeway or a Ralph's or whatever, and there's like those TV dinners that are like $1.99. And you look in the the list of ingredients, it's just like yeah. all chemicals. Like there's probably asbestos in that shit. <laughs> um, so for years they were eating this food because the the they were so cut off from normal civilization. They were at small islands. So they're getting these imports of like very like the cheapest food you could find, highly proce- processed. And within 20, 30 years, whatever it was, it really became like like one, you know. 99% of the population that lived there was, you know, extremely obese. And the reason I bring up this story is because that food that's circulating around the world and primarily the U S because a lot of stuff in Europe is actually banned. Um, that's still legal in the U S but like, that's what cracks me up. Like a lot of people talking about, Oh, the, vaccine and this and that but then they turn around and they're like eating ritz crackers and tv dinners and all these things i'm like i guarantee you those things are killing you more quicker than you know whatever vaccine whatever blah blah blah. we won't get into that but um yeah so the reason i bring up that that story about that island is it's interesting like that is that's what food that's what highly processed fake food that is still circulating the u.s right now can do to your body um if you really want to take it this 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 would have to be a whole other podcast but yes like like you said a lot of these issues come from cutting costs and so mm-hmm. and i so i empathize with anyone that's like well this you know you, you can say that but you know organic this and that and hopefully it's like expensive mm-hmm. and so then i think you're right and so the bigger problem is it's a very larger problem that just has to do with with the entire system and like money itself. And um, I mean, you even that's like cutting costs everywhere sort of like ruins the whole world, like from like everything just being cheaper, like buildings being built cheaper, products being built cheaper and how they say like, oh, they don't make them like they used to, like like a jacket that used to just last you a hundred years if you just bought it once versus now like everything's fast fashion. Mm-hmm. and food is cheap and yeah like i'm i'm 100% with you it's it's a deep it's a deeper it's a deeper issue and it's a larger issue but it is an issue and Definitely. on the on the the point about meat the way i think it's just a difference in like personal philosophy of the way you see life if 
like I've listened to a lot of like vegan podcasts. Like there's this one guy on YouTube and, you know, based on his worldview, he's right. Like about uh, reducing suffering and um, least suffering. But then if you take it, but if you look at it in a different worldview, you know, um, especially, I don't, I don't want to say anything about Buddhism because I don't know too much about it. I just know that it has to do with like life is suffering. Um, but like if perhaps someone who chooses to eat meat doesn't look at it as like my, my purpose in life is to reduce animal suffering as much as possible. Perhaps the way I see it is, okay, this is just where I fall within a natural system. You know, um, I'm not trying to cause animal suffering, but I also think that I haven't actually articulated these thoughts, but you know, this is the natural way. And yeah. Perhaps it's like perhaps, biology, right? Perhaps if I don't do this, I will cause human suffering in some longer term aspect, you know, like, and, and I think there probably still is a lot wrong with the actual like industrial system of like how animals are, are, made so maybe the best solution would be like have your own chickens and something like that that's um, the that's the key is getting back to that um idea like my parents buy a cow every year and it lasts them over a year right something like that so i'm not saying that like just because you eat meat that the entire i don't know if it's called agriculture what's it called for meat and in, the entire industry is good right but uh i do i do think that you have to just it's just about another way that you might look at life like i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with looking at yourself as part of this system and like every other animal eats like each other and if you if you just look at it as like okay there's a higher greater thing and we're just part of this then i do think that someone should be able to not be like you eat meat you're a horrible person because right it actually makes complete sense depending on the way you look at your look at life in general but anyways well that plays <laughs> into the whole overarching theme of like why people especially now in today's political landscape i mean a lot of it's driven by the the corporate media um for views and clicks and division um but you know I think the beautiful thing about America and the, the United States is like everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone can have this freedom of thought and free speech and all that. Um, but what I don't like from both sides, the left and the right, is like this shunning of the other person because they believe a certain way. It's like if, if somebody walked into my house and said, hey, you know, like, I appreciate you having me over. I know you're making burgers tonight, um, but I'm fully vegan. Is there any way that you can make an alternative? You know what we would do? You and Justin, Justin and I would be like, absolutely absolutely yeah. like we, well, we like no worries at all like I but yeah i don't personally need you to to do what i do but i will say yeah. like a, a lot of people I, and i used to think like this too and what you're saying about the ingredient list like a lot of people will, will think like oh vegan is healthy and vegan is marketed as healthy when if you look at like these beyond burgers and impossible burgers it like just go look at what's in them and they're more processed than like a grits cracker vegan, <laughs> like fine you know eat a potato eat, you know eat apple yeah but like i i also personally think like we should be wary of like 
all these weird milks and weird meats that aren't milk and meat like if you don't want to eat milk or meat don't eat milk or meat but i don't know about this beyond burger like look at the ingredients so i'm gonna pull up a um and the other thing that you were saying like about the seed oil thing or whatever i also look at it like okay maybe some people will say it's a naturalistic fallacy but like when are you ever going to get that much sunflower seed oil if you were to just like harvest sunflower seeds and if you look at the way they're made okay here's my my ultimate argument if you look at the way something like butter or olive oil is made okay maybe olive oil is even more complicated but olive oil you simply crush olives (laughs) (laughs) that's it you squeeze olives and if you look at butter you simply shake milk (laughs) so it turns into butter yeah but if you if you look at how canola oil and vegetable oil is made i mean there's the word expeller pressed canola just the word expeller pressed should say something but like first they like bleach it then they spin it through us like i forgot the word like the super fast spin oh yeah hydro whatever and then Then they they put asbestos in it (laughs) no (laughs) and then they expel it through and press it through an expeller and then they like heat it and sanitize it and strain it like maybe you can say it's being it's falling for like the naturalistic fallacy but i mean it makes sense to me i don't know yeah oh yeah absolutely and i this app actually for those of you that are listening um and that's still, your video editing tip of the day. yeah that's your video editing tip of the day i want everyone to really go download this app it's called uh yuka let me make sure i mean a lot of uh, things yuka. i think could just be solved by common sense like totally totally so like, with with yuka i uh so you know the milk industry pumped millions probably billions of dollars into marketing when we were in call or when we were in school you know the member the milk mustache and mm-hmm. all that it's just a big psyop <laughs> um so now that we're having alternatives, it's hilarious because you bring up Beyond Meat. Like when you think of Beyond Meat, it's like, oh, we're not killing animals and it's super healthy when really it's more processed than like processed meat. Um, same thing with oat milk. So Oatly, which is probably one of the most well-known, fam- most famous um, oat milk or, or milk alternatives, uh, I scanned it. And it was a 48 out of 100. It has five additives that are harmful to the human body. Um, so this is a perfect example. And again, of, what's of, that app? I have to. I you, heard of it. Yuka. It's spelled Y U K A. And you scan uh, the barcode on any food product, and it'll bring up a rating out of 100. So based on like some filters that it has, like this red 40 or this ingredient is in it. Or ex- exactly. So there's positives like the positive of oat milk of oatly oat milk is, you know, it's high in protein, high in fiber. It's got low calories, low sugar content, blah, blah, blah. But what makes it, what gives it that 48 out of hundred, that F rating is that there's literally five hazardous, hazardous added additives. One of them deep, deep, potassium phosphate. Why is D-potassium phosphate in an oat milk? Uh, maybe that's just like a, the scientific word for like salt or something. No, I know that's not salt, but you know what I mean? Some people I see make those arguments like that's just that's just simply salt, you know, yeah. or something like that. Phosphates containing phosphorus, excess phosphorus may increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, disrupt cal- calcium metabolism and bone mineralization and negatively affect the kidneys. 
So most people will say, oh, well, you know, everything in moderation. It's not like it's, I'm sorry, but like, if you're drinking a milk alternative every day, every day for 20 years, that's slowly gonna, you know, a little bit goes a long way. It's kind of like, you know, heart disease and like the leading cause of death in the United States is heart disease. Um, And, you know, inflammation is a big thing too. It's kind of like when you talk about anxiety or depression or things like that before, uh, you know, depending on who the doctor is, if they're not pill pushers, um, before they hopefully are not doctors. Yeah. We are not legal advice. Exactly. It's kind of like financial trading. Like this is not financial advice. And then they go bankrupt. Um, But hopefully a good doctor will look at alternatives before throwing a pill at you where they're like, okay, well, what's your diet? Are you exercising? Are you staying? I don't think they do. No, they don't. Absolutely not. And honestly, I'm with you for like most everything that you're saying. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to act like, I mean, all these are like really large issues and not, not like I know the answer to everything or like, or like, I don't know, but. Yeah, I just think common sense, like totally. Hey, on that note, how was uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's something yeah, well oh I wanted to say this too, like when they're like uh when it's some it'll be like a candy and it'll be like fat free. It's like, well, of course there's no fat in it. It's a sugar candy, you know, but they make it yeah. seem like they make it seem like it's healthy, like and like maybe for you and I we know, but like then it takes advantage of people too because like my mom will be like, but this one says fat free. And you know, she's, she's like, she's trying to be healthy, but like, she, she doesn't know like that this corporation is saying fat free, but that like, you know, English is not even her first language. So like, I'm not saying my mom, my mom's really smart and you know, she's a great lady, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying like, she's older. She doesn't know that like, you can't trust like everything on the shelf and, and uh, that, that this company is just going to straight up lie to you and say fat free when that has nothing to do with anything. And then there's like juices that will say like 50% less sugar, but that's just because they put, they cut it in half with more water. Yeah. So it's like, it, and those things aren't regulated by the FDA either. Like the word, the term all oh, natural, yeah, the, the term they're natural, not, yeah, yeah. Natural isn't regulated. So if you go buy, you know, some turkey meat that's sliced and it says all natural farm raised, those terms aren't regulated. You know, yeah, it's they not, could mean anything. It could mean anything. Like you could literally like Taco Bell could sell a Doritos Loco Taco <laughs> that says all natural. <laughs> natural Doritos. And people will be like, oh my God, finally a, a healthy yeah. Taco Bell. It's just like, no, it yeah. has the same shit. It's because it's not, it's not regulated. And a lot of these things that are regu- heavily regulated in Europe and other countries aren't regulated here. Obviously, we live in a high, you know heavily capitalistic society where it's like free and fair market. If you want to make a shit ton of money by k- slowly killing people, it's America. You can do that. Um, yeah. I mean, if I was in charge, I would make anyone that has like that red hazardous additive automatic. You have to do a skull and crossbones sticker on the front <laughs> like of the product. Yeah, exactly. Like when you open a can of chew, it says, hey, you know, before you throw in this fat lip, um, you're probably going to die of mouth cancer. Yeah. You know, and people are still obviously going to do it. I mean, people that are addicted, they see that and it's just like, whatever, like, fuck off. But like still with foods, 
it's like, oh, there's also this moral thing. Like if you're, you know, but, but again, then it circles back to classism, you know, poor people right. can afford well, organic it's things. A, it's a bigger issue with the whole system, but I think at the very least, like with education, you can, um, I mean, people should at least have the right to be informed and educated. So then if they want to make, because a lot of people think they're making good decisions when they're just sort of like, oh, this Beyond Burger is healthy. And I'm not, okay, don't take my word for it, but like- Stop eating Beyond Burger. <laughs> no, don't, they're going to sue you. I know, seriously. <laughs> but, 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 you know, like, yes, I understand like, you know, some- especially with the inflation and everything going on right now, like, and you know, it's like trending that eggs are so expensive now, but I mean, you should at least have some basic education and going back to like the school system, like with what we're taught, like, Hey, like try to eat foods that are real or like, like that you can understand the ingredients of, or like whole foods or foods that like were around you know, when your great grandparents were around or something like that, you know, and, and like you said, you know, no one's going to be perfect, you know, a little bit of moderation, but, and, and, you know, I don't think it's classist to try to be informed. And then I agree though, that it's a lot, it's, it's not necessarily, I'm not blaming an individual. It's a larger issue on why you go to a grocery store and 90% of it's just junk or corn it's so funny there's this picture on twitter and it's like all it's like a pantry full of different snacks and it's like what blows my mind is that this is all just like different variations of corn yeah corn <laughs> syrup it's true it's so true it is so true and but yeah it, it all comes down to like cutting costs and and all this stuff i don't know society in some ways is broken but <laughs> well my my girlfriend and i were at the park it always been. oh it always goes back hundreds of thousands of years um but my girlfriend and I were at the park walking our dog and and there was these two kids driving their RC cars and it had rained a lot. It's been raining a lot in LA lately. And there was these kids racing the RC cars on the dirt and dogs were chasing it. And it was the cutest thing ever. It was hilarious. But then the guy came out, it was a city park and he comes out and he goes, Hey, I don't mean to be that guy, but I'm going to ask you guys to stop and come back on a day where it's not so muddy because what you're doing is the dogs are running full force following this RC car and it's cutting up and digging up all the grass. And in the morning it's going to be destroyed. And this is a park that kids come play baseball at and there's games here, blah, blah, blah. And the final reason, the final reason that he said to not do that is he says, we don't have a budget for lawn care or whatever. Like we can't, like we don't have unlimited money to fix this. Like the only reason I'm saying to stop is because like we don't get money. We can't afford this. So when I heard that, it's just like, it's the same thing with like schools where people say, oh my God, when you go to a school and look at the the lunches that they're serving, it's like God awful. It's horrible. It's not real food. It's like a similar kind of story where it's like state funded, it's public school system. They're like, we can't afford to have like, nice quality chicken and all that stuff. So you're exactly right at the, the, at the very tip of the peer of, of the Illuminati pyramid is like this money. Yeah. Money. Back to money. It all I goes don't know back the answer, money. but exactly. I, I don't know the answer, but as far as I suspect, that's at least one of like, if you go deeper and deeper to the root, that's definitely up there somewhere. Maybe you can go even more deep, but it's definitely there somewhere is, is some sort of thing. With, and, Maybe this is all propaganda that I've been seeing, but
but you know you you see those images of like look at this ancient roman cobblestone road it's like lasted 10,000 years or something yeah. you know i know that doesn't make any sense like in time but um and then well it's like, it's like your analogy is like potholes right or yeah. like i think they even just found out like that back in some time period they used to mineralize the the bricks in some special way that would strengthen them and they just realized that they were doing this but anyways yeah it goes back to like look at these these castles and things that they used to build that are that last thousands of years and now it's just like budget like just throw down this hot asphalt and it'll last about three years but that's fine just like next year we'll just patch it up a little bit this is cheap and easy so in my personal view of things and as far as i'm as far as i've educated myself about or maybe propagandized myself into believing i do sigh up (laughs) yeah i do i do believe that there's that when you go higher up the route, it has something to do with that. So if there's any bright young minds out there, maybe that can be where you work on a solution. Absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, we should maybe, uh, maybe this is uncovered this uh, need to have these discussions and go further. Maybe we can do this like once a month or something where we can just like discuss these systems. hour with Justin. (laughs) I know. And the funny thing is, is like we've gotten into this time where that term conspiracy theory is being thrown around a lot. And it's almost used to discredit what might actually be true. Obviously there, I, I, I view it as a spectrum, right? You have people on the far other side of the spectrum where it's like, that is a conspiracy theory. That is crazy. That is like, you. that's common sense. That's, that's not true. Um, and then you have other, like the complete opposite of the spectrum where it's like, um, like, uh, all the food stuff that we're talking about, the FDA doesn't regulate the term all natural. Like that's not a conspiracy theory. That's true. And it's kind of like the Island, like that's not a conspiracy theory. 99% of their population is obese now because they were so poor that they had to import pro- highly processed foods. And now those poor people are dealing with heart related issues and all these consequences of obesity. Um, like, so I, I view it as a spectrum. Right. It's like, where does this exist on that spectrum? And you can go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and eventually you're in QAnon territory. Um, But (laughs) but it's like I still believe that, like, you know, these conversations should be had because like we're on that thin like we're we're in the beginning of the spectrum where it's like, no, yeah, these 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 things are, you know, like you mentioned the beyond meat. Like that's not a conspiracy. Like you can go on and look at the back of a packaging of a Beyond Burger and tell me, tell me if you personally understand half or more of what's in that ingredient list. It's kind of like when you go on a a, a Southwest Airlines flight and they give you those peanuts. It it should be peanuts salt (laughs) and salt. And literally on the back of that thing is like hydrogenated phosphate fuel <laughs> and red 75 and and asbestos and, asbestos and uh <laughs> ethanol fuel and um uh gunpowder and, and and you're sitting there like wow yeah. like i have a higher chance of dying from eating the southwest airlines peanut than dying in a in an airplane crash like you're classes evan <laughs> i know i'm a classes piece of shit uh i can't wait to for people to dox me and show up outside i, I want to see actually i'm really interested like if anyone listened to this i bet you have a comment and i want to see the comments and like not like i want to just see what sort of thoughts we've sparked or like opinions from the other side or yeah, I feel like this could have some good comments because we haven't been afraid to 
be polarizing. Totally. Yeah. And we're not, it's not like I said earlier, it's not like we're out here on some Kanye shit where we're doing this for views and we're like Satan and cabal and oh my God, you're going to die tomorrow. Like it's none of that. We're not fear baiting. We're not, we're not trying to give you anxiety. We're trying to spark a conversation that should be had where it's like, oh wow. You know, I never really thought of that. Like I've gone, maybe some girl is watching this and she's like, oh my God, mom, I watched this podcast and like all that all natural turkey breast that I've been eating is actually not all natural because the, I learned that the FDA doesn't regulate that. Like these are things that like are, you know, they're not half truths. They're not conspiracy. Like these are like yeah. just food for thought, you know? And if you want video editing tips, then you can just go to my channel. I already did all <laughs> yeah, <that>. exactly. <laughs> I'm honestly glad that we kind of had this conversation because like sometimes I have the fear of, having like a very like robotic conversation with yeah. people. Uh, and I'm sure you, you know, you have your own podcast, you have your own um, channel. And I, I'm sure you kind of run into that same fear where it's like you're hitting topics and then you're like, mm -hmm. well, thank you for joining. You know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that this conversation opened up because it's just like, I'm more of like allowing things to flow and um, do that. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and um and chatting. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can find that middle ground where we're not too afraid to talk about these things, but we're also not like fully diving into some QA and on shit and then selling <laughs> Alex Jones pills yeah. <laughs> at the end where it's like, Hey, if you guys don't want all natural turkey breast, hop on the still human store. I actually have <laughs> turkey meat enhancement pills that you have to take twice. You know, like we're not doing that. Still uh, human utopia. Cult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you don't want to die from starvation in two days, hop on to Still Human and buy every product that's on there. <laughs> the cult is it's giving the cult aesthetic, but in like a good way. That's what it all comes <laughs> down to. Remember, remember, like 30 minutes ago, I said, I want to take what the cabalist elite powerful people at the top are doing to manipulate people. Use those same tactics, but for the good. Like, yeah. you should, you yeah, don't yeah like you do do you like be a human be inspired and indoctrinate yourself with good ideas and um if we know look, what good is i know seriously like who's <laughs> like who's that who what you know who are we Actually, to say that were, we know what's good for people <laughs> i know we're running over but there was a really interesting idea that i uh okay i'm gonna take it back to chess one last time because i'm an addict but there's oh, i love this, it there's this idea of the relationship between beauty and truth Mm. And this sounds crazy, but sometimes in chess, like um, you'll play a certain um, move and you'll be like, well, why did you do that? And you're like, well, this, this one was like the most beautiful. Like, this one appealed to me the most. Mm. And sometimes it's like the best move. And, and so there's a, there's this really, I found like, there's like this really fascinating relationship between what we find beautiful and what is true. And and that's based on like beautiful painting or beautiful this could really get into like another conversation but i just found that idea so interesting that that like sometimes if we don't know the right answer we can look at what we as humans are attracted to maybe that's what, what feels but, right what feels yes, right maybe it's kind of like that innate like uh trust your gut right <laughs> trust your gut in a way or like go to what you feel is right yeah yeah no i like that it's right, at least in the context of chess. So don't come for me. Well, maybe in the next time we we converse, we can talk more about chess because I, I don't have a single clue about it, but I think that there 
it's interesting like it's been around for like when was let's see before we go a long time like like when 2000 years or chess invented no that's a that's that's chess, a whole other chess first appeared in india about sixth century se wow see like you're literally playing a game that's been around for like thousands of years that's incredible and it hasn't changed has it no, it has changed a lot. Oh, it has? Okay. See, I don't know anything about it, and I want to <laughs> learn more, damn it. So, okay. Well, that was an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Justin, for, for hopping on. And, and you know, if you're if you're game for it, um, maybe we can do this once a month, have some, some, uh, some conversations, and uh, see how long it takes for us to get canceled. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm always down to, to <laughs> collaborate more. But, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It was definitely an interesting conversation. I think... I think the reason we got into all these topics is because we're, both of us are interested about education. And that's kind of what I think that I do is, I mean, I'm sort of in the education section. Uh, that's my industry sort of. And so, I mean, that does go into almost all these topics we're talking about. So I don't think that we just went off the rails completely. Totally. Uh, I think that this has to do with what I do. Um, but yeah, but for anyone out there who's made it to the end, thanks for listening. And if you want more uh, formal education on you know things like photoshop premiere after effects graphic and photo and video editing uh yeah you could check me out justinodishow.com or just hit just check my youtube channel or or just reach out to me if you're, if you're interested in that but we definitely had a rare conversation here well justin you're a wizard and i appreciate you and i'm i'm stoked to to do more of these but um thank you so much